Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thanks for joining us as we continue our series on Essentials, Foundations of Christianity. Now, I want to talk to you today about obedience. And I want to build up for a few moments before I get there. And in your bulletin, in your handout you were given when you walked in, there's like five principle-centered thoughts right at the top. I want to break those down. And I invite you to kind of contemplate uh, the narrative with me as we get to a place to talk about obedience. Now, follow this. Submitting to the truth, you'll see that in my diagram here, uh, here. Submitting to the truth, what we're talking about is releasing who we are and our will to the will of God. We're submitting to the truth of who God is. When we reach this place right here, what we're willing to do is obey God. That's what we're going to talk. But before you can get to a place of submitting to truth and obeying Jesus, the next stage would be subjection to other members of the body of Christ. We call that meeting in a small group being accountable, Dustin. Uh, that's the next phase. Before any of that will happen, before submission to truth will happen, three things must take place in your life. Now, you have to get to a place in your life. Now, how these three work, vary, but you've got to get here. You've got to reach a place where you desire to meet God on God's terms. You can't reduce him down to manageable terms. You can't make him what you want him to be. The only way that you'll ever get to this place of submission to the Lordship of Jesus and truth is you've got to desire to know God for God. Another piece of that is that you've got to be at a place where you're disgusted with yourself. You're sick of being sick. You're sick of staying stuck in stable misery. You're, you're sick of just a, a wasteful life. You, you're looking in the mirror. You're looking inside of your own heart, and you're like, I, I really do want to know God. I'm, I'm tired of being. I'm disgusted with the way I've done things my systems, my strategies, my solutions, my agendas are not working. They haven't worked. And I find myself continuing to spiral out of control. And then you've got to reach that place where you're willing to disclose the true issues in your heart and the true sin that you've covered. If you don't deal with sin thoroughly, you're not going to submit to the Lordship of Christ. You're not going to obey him. So these three things have to be at work, have to be at play. I'm disgusted with me. I'm sick of being sick. I don't want to stay here any longer. I'm willing to disclose the deep issues of my heart, my questions, my sin, my doubts, or whatever. And then I desire to know God and I want to know God for who God is, and I don't want to re reduce him down, and I don't want to know a religious God. I want to know this God of the Bible, this relational God. When that happens, then you can submit to truth. Then you can obey. Once that happens, and we've seen this, there's certain people that come here on Sunday that avoid small groups, that avoid accountability, they avoid smaller connectivity because 
You haven't submitted to truth yet because you're still hiding and covering and you're still wanting to do things your way. And you're like, well, I'm not going to sit in a small group and be known because eventually I'll get exposed. It's like, I, I understand. And I played that let's make a deal with God game for many years myself. And I wasn't willing to submit. Now, as you look at that, I would say those first three deal with this whole concept of salvation that frees us to be able to experience assurance and the lordship of Jesus. God, you've got to save me from me. I experience salvation. Then we start to move to this whole thing of submission saying, I've got to obey the Lord. Whatever God shows me, I've got to obey. I've got to do whatever he asks me to do. Now, let me tell you how it works in our lives. Each and every one of us, we walk in here today and you're like, okay, I, 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 I feel you on that one. Every one of us will face what is called a crisis of belief. There's going to be something that happens in your life. There, there's going to be something that happens in your journey. And when you reach that place, and it's going to happen multiple times, while we're here on the planet. We call it a crisis of belief because when you hit that, you're forced to ask yourself the question, what do I believe? Not what did my mama believe or what did my dad believe or what does my community believe? What do I believe? And, and when you hit that place, it's an opportunity like a door almost swinging open to say, are you going to believe God for who God is, and are you willing to trust him? Now, some of you are at a crisis of belief right now. Some of you have had a tough week. Again, for some of you, you're dealing with death at a different level. For, for some of you, there's been painful relationship destruction happening in your life where some people have just absolutely written you off and won't respond to you. You've reached out and you're trying to make it right and you don't even know where they're at. For some of you, it's been a tough week and month financially and you're at a crisis of belief. What, what are you going to do? Crisis of belief. When you hit that place, all right, here's the invitation now. We are then challenged to adjust our lives to honor God. Every person in this room is into will worship at some level. The question is, whose will will I worship? When Jesus said, when you pray, pray, not my will, but your will will be done. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, whose will will I worship? Will I worship my will, my wants, my desires, or will I really worship God's? When we start to adjust our wills to his will, when we start to adjust our wants to his wants, when we start to submit to him, then we can start to see the addictions broken, the bondage areas broken. We can start to see major things happen in our life because we're no longer trying to protect us or promote us. We're repenting and surrendering 
to him. Now, obedience is the outward expression of our love for God. Write that down. Obedience is your outward expression of your love for God. Obedience is adoration, not obligation. Obedience is want to. Obedience is heart, not just outward behavior. It's driven by the heart. Obedience, I was talking to Nick about this the other day. I said, here would be my working definition. Obedience is delighting in what God delights in. He says in Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So, Jeff, when we're walking in obedience, we're starting to delight in what God delights in. Compliance can have outward behavior, but the heart is disconnected. And there's a lot of times when you look at parenting strategies that are not working, it's because you've got their compliance, but you don't have their obedience. You've got their outward behavior, but you don't have their heart. And my mentor Crawford years ago, when we said, Barb and I were talking to him and we only had Rachel, it's like, hey, what would you, what would you recommend as being key for parenting? He says, focus on their character, not their conduct. Focus on what they believe, not what their behavior is. Focus on core. And if you get that heart right and that character right, I promise you, eventually, the behavior just kind of kicks in. Now, obedience is trusting and believing who God is, period. People that say, hey, man, pray for me, I have an obedience problem. I would say, no, you don't. You don't have an obedience problem. You've got a love problem. Because whatever you love the most, you give your attention and your affection to. I don't have an obedience problem. I've got a love problem. That's the reason as John was on the Isle of Patmos and God was giving them this revelation, he says, write to the church and tell them that they've left their first love. They didn't lose it. They just left it. They walked away from it. What is your first love? What do you love more than anything? Where is your allegiance? Where is your dependence? What's calling the shots? God is love, which implies his will, his ways, his word is always best. God is love. What I'm telling you, what I'm teaching you, what I'm commanding to you, what I'm advising you with is always going to be the best. So when we pick up the Bible and we start to contemplate Scripture, His will, His word is best. God is love. God is omni. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. Omni meaning all everything. He is omniscient, all-knowing, which means His advice is always right. When you start to look at where you're at in this journey, 
you've got to ask yourself the question, has God in the Word, in the Bible, spoken about this topic? And it can be about marriage, and it can be about parenting, and it can be about finances, and it can be about lust, and it can be about language, and it can be about strong drink, and it can be whatever. Chad, you got to stop and go, has God spoken? And if so, what has he said? Because his advice is always best. He's omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipotent, which means he will empower you to do his will. You don't have to manufacture the strength to obey him when you submit. He pours the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the power that fuels us in our obedience. Once I realized that I had God in me, well, nobody wants to honor God like God. And if I've got God in me, I now have the power to honor God. I don't have to trust the intellect or the resources that Tim Cash can bring to the dance. I've got God in me. Now, if we love Jesus, we'll obey him. John chapter 14. Now, one of the strongest passages is John 14, 15, and 16, and it's almost like that valedictorian address that Jesus gives to the disciples right before he's to go to the cross. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there's many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going to prepare a place. He lays out this whole thing. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the parakletos. I'm going to send the power. To live inside of you. Now listen to what he says. Verse 23. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. The word keep means he's going to watch it. He's going to guard it. He's going to treasure it. He's going to obey it. Whoever loves me is going to keep, honor, guard it, protect it, promote it. He's going to guard and keep and watch my word. And my father will love him, and we will come to make our home with him. But he who does not love me does not keep my word. You, you, you see, you're known for your walk, not your talk. Again, like the old brother shared with me years ago when I was about three months into faith with Christ, he goes, Tim, it doesn't matter how high you can jump. What matters is how straight you can walk when your feet hit the ground. There's a lot of people that come in here in other churches and they jump high on Sunday, but they don't walk straight when they leave here. You ain't got no game. You just got a lot of showmanship. A lot of my brethren in the charismatic circles, know how to jump high, but don't know how to walk straight. They know how to talk, but they're limping on one leg and favoring the other one. James would say faith without action is dead. You say you have faith, but no works. Because love has feet. Love does. Love expresses. Love 
is an action word. John would later write what we have as 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, but in 1st John, he says, this would be great to circle, by this, building on the argument of John 14, by this, we know that we've come to know him. By what, John? By this, we know. The word is gnosko, not just oida, not a cognitive concept, but in the Greek, the gnosko, the, the experiential realness inside my heart. But this we gnosko, that we've come to really gnosko God. What, what, what is it? If we keep his commandments, keep, watch, guard, treasure, obey. If we keep them, listen to what he says. The one who says, I've come to know him. And does not keep his commandments. You're a liar. Man, we needed some Jim Carrey here today. Liar, liar. I know God. But you don't keep his commands. You're a liar. The truth is not in you. Whoever keeps, guards, treasures, obeys his word. In him, the love of God has been truly perfected. By this, we know that we are in him. The one who says, I abide in him, ought to walk in the same manner that he walked. Shh. Ask the Holy Spirit to turn on the searchlight and examine your heart. This is not about what I'm saying. It's about what the Lord is wanting to do in your life. The Lord wants to set the captive free. The Lord wants to free you out of your bondage. What does the text say? If we practice habitually, that's the practice of our life. If we practice obeying God's commands, we know him. Is this a performance Christianity? No, I'm saved by grace through faith. I don't bring anything to the dance. But the manifestation of having root Christ is it will produce fruit. No fruit. What, what, what's going on there? If we practice obeying God's commands, we know him. So again, we will know who belongs to Christ. Again, not by lips, but by life. Not by talk, but by walk. That, that right there is a disciple of Yeshua based on how they walk, the practice habitually. If we say that we know him and we don't keep his commands, liar. That's strong language. You're a liar. I love him, but I don't give. I love him. I don't serve. I, I love him. I never share my story. I love him. I, I won't wash anybody else's feet. I love him. You're not going to inconvenience me to go do something I don't want to do. Liar. Really? Really? I, I've been to church a few times, Tim. I got the daily bread in the toilet. I read it twice this past month. Then apply it, but it's sitting over there. I needed something to read. The Yahtzee battery had died. I got you. Good for, good, good for you. 
listen to me. This convicts me. When I'm going through this, I'm asking the Holy Spirit. I'm not dogging anybody. John's not writing because he's mad. John's writing because the glory and holiness of God matters. Well, I prayed a prayer when I was younger. Glad you did that. I don't know what that means. Paul, this is where we're at. This is is where we're at. If we obey his commands, then the love of Christ is being made complete. God has no chance of perfecting and completing the work if we don't obey him. A lot of people profess, but they don't possess. I profess it, but do I possess it? You would call me a liar and a fool if I said, oh yeah, back on December 1st, 1990, I stood before an altar and made a covenant with Barb. I love her. But I think it's okay to cheat on her when I'm on the road. I think it's okay to commit adultery. I think it's okay to live a life of fornication. I I think it's okay to shut down strip bars. You would go, you're a fool. How can you say you love your wife and cheat on your wife? If you love her, you will honor the covenant. And we do it to God. People will say, I love God, and you're cheating on God. And God goes, stop, repent, now come here, I love you. And God's love toward you is not based on your behavior. But your behavior indicates whether you love God. God's not in the heavens going, I love you only when you do what I want you to do. I I love you based on your behavior. God goes, my character is love. I love you. But you show me whether you love me, whether you obey me. I was like, to me, when it comes to essentials in the faith, this is as strong as any of them for me. Because the Holy Spirit convicts me as I go through this. You? Yeah, yes. The Holy Spirit's convicted me. Why? Because obedience is the outward expression of my love for God. It's not what I say. It's what I do. And deep down inside, Drew, if you cut me open, it's like, all right, what is going to be the truth inside your heart? When God gives a mandate... It's not to be discussed or debated. It's to be obeyed. Here's what I want you to do. So I have to ask myself, are you obeying God? Are you living a life of being a liar in any area? Check it out. Hunter, this is what Jesus said early on in his ministry. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Uh. And do not do what I say. Why why do you call me Lord, Master, Authority? Why why do you call me Authority, Ruler? Why why do you call me that? You don't obey me. You don't do what I say. Everyone, everyone, that's, that's 
including us. Everyone who comes to me, everyone who comes to me and hears my words, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, doesn't love about it. He's like a man building a home who dug deep, laid a foundation on the rock, and when a flood occurred, downpour burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been built well. And I was looking at all those photos back last fall from Panama City and Mexico Beach and all, up and all the destruction, and occasionally you would see a home that was still standing. And they interviewed some of those people, and they were talking about, well, what we did with our foundation is we drilled deep, and we put more support deep. And, and, and the same flood, the same hurricane, bam, beat against all of them, and there was a few standing. And, and you do, you, you can sit going, then why did that one stand? Because it had a strong foundation. But he goes on to say, the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly. He's like the guy, he went out and built, but he didn't build a strong foundation. And when the storm came, the ruins were great because he didn't have a strong foundation. Which, as I'm studying through this in obedience, come on, I've received salvation. I've reached that place of disgust, disclosure. Desiring God, desperation to know him, submitting to truth. As I'm going through this, bam, all right, cash, here it is. October of 1985, you surrendered, you drove the stake in the ground, and you've continued to drive it. How is your spiritual foundation today? Howard Hendricks, one of my favorite profs, teachers, I remember back in the Promise Keeper movement, he was making an observation about pastors and others in ministry that failed. And he had some kind of characteristics that he laid out, Rick, and he said, the number one thing was, these pastors said, that'll never happen to me. And then number two, they got out of the word and they got out of really seeking God in prayer. So, so the fair question really for any of us to ask our neighbor is if I'm really walking in obedience, what fresh word did God give you this week? Because if we're walking in the spirit, God's given us something fresh this week. Jeff Drew, what did God show you? He showed me that I'm fragile. Showed me that I still get my feelings hurt. And he had to show me that he was my sufficiency. Really, yeah. He showed me that I can still use forms of manipulation and intimidation to try to get what I want, and that sucks. He showed me to delight in him. Are you talking about those prayer times and that word time and that? Yes. Yes. See, I was calling him Lord, Lord, but he's like, then why do you not have a sovereign view when it comes even to your suffering? You, you've got a pretty cool sovereign view when it comes to your successes, but your pain, you get still fleshly at times. I'm like, that sucks. 
That's right. You're fragile and you need me. Foundations provide stability when the storms hit you and crisis come your way. You're going to get hit. You're going to get hit hard. There's going to be tons of difficulty. It's hard. I had a meeting set up with my buddy Richard at 10 yesterday, and I knew he wanted to come over and process his thoughts going into tomorrow to do this funeral. I knew that. I didn't know going to bed on Friday night that Hannah's little cat that she loved so much was going to be really sick, and I didn't know by Saturday morning that when the vet opened at 8, I would be sitting there waiting to go in, and I didn't know by 8.30 after this vet told us everything wrong with the cat that I would be holding Hannah with tears dripping down her eyes as she watched that little cat get ready to get pushed back to be put to sleep. I didn't know what yesterday was going to look like, but here's all I know. I knew I was going to deal with pain. I knew I was going to deal with the narrative of death. I know on any given day, a boatload of adversity is coming my way. I know what Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but be a good cheer. I've overcome it. I'm living inside of you. So your ability to weather the storm is based on my power. Man, I need Jesus bad, guys. I need the Lord as much as anybody on this planet. I haven't reached the place where I'm like really good I've reached a place where I'm like really dependent. And my ability to continue to submit to truth is you, you, you just, you do a terrible job when you try to call the shots. And what I've learned is disobedience is rejection of God's will. Let me close. Obedience is not what you say you're going to do. Obedience is what you do. Obedience. Reality is, we may not like everything that God challenges us to do. I don't. There's a lot of stuff in Scripture that does not promote me feeding my flesh. But I can tell you this, I may not like everything he says do, but because I'm submitted to him, I know his thoughts are way above my thoughts, and his ways are way above my ways, and I know I'm dealing with omniscience, and I know I'm finite on my good day, and I know he's all wise, and I know I'm capable of being tremendously foolish, and I'm like, what you say is best. Come on, brother. We've walked it out. Our culture has trained us to do only the things that are comfortable. Hey, whatever's comfortable, do it. When we watched that video that you couldn't see, Ella, you couldn't see it, baby. But you were in the middle of that video, blind. But you, harnessed in, were soaring to the top. You're like, you know what? There's people here that will catch me. I'm not afraid. I'm going to do it. 
And I watched that video when they showed it to me the other day, and my heart flooded with joy. I'm like, she knows that she's got a support team around her that is encouraging her and will catch her. And we've got a support team around us through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that will catch us if we trust him. I was like, look at her. She's talking to another family in the church. And I'm like, your daughter do some of that? He's like, she did it. But after she saw Ella do it, she's like, I've got to do it. If Ella can do it, why am I not taking a risk? I said, Ella, you motivate them, baby girl. But you know what I'm saying? We, we've got the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that wants to catch us and lead us. You're going you're gonna to get bruised up at times. It's okay. Obedience to Christ, it reveals what I truly believe about God. Not what I say I believe, but what I believe. You really believe God? Yeah. It determines whether I will ever experience God working in and through me. You're not going to experience God working in you and through you if you're not really trusting him. You've put a ceiling on it. It determines whether I will know him more intimately. You want to know him more intimately? Yes. Going to spend time with him? Yes. He's going to give you some assignments that freak you out. He's going to tell you to give up some stuff that you've leaned into. Stop it. You're in bondage. You need me. Yes. This is it. True faith in Jesus leads to action. Crisis plus submission to God leads to obedience, which is action for his glory. I, I got a crisis going on. Cool. You cannot stay where you are and go with God where he wants to take you. You can't. You, you've got to leave here if you're going to get there. You want to be a part of reaching 1,500 people over the next five years with the gospel? Share your faith. You want to be a part of baptisms? Share your story. See how God uses you to reach someone. And then you're able to walk through the waters of baptism. Then you're able to disciple them. You want to be a part of it? That, 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 that's exciting. I don't want to be a spectator. I want to be a participator. I want to be in the game. Do you? Obedience is costly to you and those around you. When you start to go all in, it's going to cost some of the people around you. It's going to freak them out, but it's worth it. That happened. You're not going to the pub with us anymore? Nope. You're not going to run with us? Nope. I can't. I was running in the wrong direction. It's like, man, I got to submit to Jesus. I, I, I got to know God. I'm tired of playing the game. I said last week, it's impossible to be a do devoted follower of Jesus Christ without becoming a generous steward of your time and your resources. The bottom line is, I want to go all in. I, I want to be all that I can be for the kingdom. And my prayer for you today is that anything that would potentially be holding you back, there will be a team of people here that will pray and intercede with you today. 
beggars that found bread just like you. Not people that have all the answers. Most of us had a hell of a lot of struggles going on in our life. A lot of pain and a lot of difficulty. And we got broken over it, Bert. And God says, are you going to submit to me or not? And we got tired of running and we got tired of the thrill of the chase and we got tired of playing the game and we submitted. We go, I surrender. Take over me and do whatever you want to do. Here am I. I'm yours. And so for some of you today, you're like, I need someone to pray with me. Take advantage of it. I've never surrendered. Let's get the salvation piece right. I've never submitted to the Lordship of Christ. Dallas, it changed our game, brother, as we've dialogued. It changed who we were. And then once you start to submit, you'll go, I'm willing to subject myself to others in accountability in the body of Christ because I realize I can't be a lone ranger and I benefit from community. We want to help you grow. Thank you so much for watching the message today. We hope that this message inspired you and challenged you as you watched it. encourage you to check out our website. It's thecrossloganville.org. There's a lot of information about our church there uh, that maybe can help you answer some questions about who we are. And don't forget that on our website we have old messages and archived series so you can spend a lot of time there learning and exploring. If you have any questions, you can contact us via the web or you could call us at the church at 770-554-3322. Thanks again for watching.